Hey guys, on today's episode, we are going to take a look at Netflix. They just reported earnings today, and it does not seem to be good. The stock closed at $362, and after hours right now, it's sitting at $320, about a 12% drop, almost $43 drop, and we're going to see today what happened, so let's get started. guys like i mentioned today is going to be netflix quarter two earnings and obviously you saw that drop that happened after hours of july 17 2019 so i collected information from the following websites most of the information i collected from the netflix investors website from their shareholders letter and their earnings slideshow so let's start off with quarter two top topics so this are information i'm going to show you year over year in quarter two so this is going to be quarter two compared to the same quarter two of last year. So revenue growth accelerated to 26% of 400 basis point. Operating income increased 53%. And here we can see I have this bald paid membership grew by 2.7 million. So paid membership still grew, but this was less than the 5.5 million in quarter two a year ago and less than the 5 million they forecasted. So they, they, they forecasted it five million to grow this quarter, and instead they grew almost a little bit over half, two point seven million. So we can see this is one most likely the biggest reason we have this drop going on right now. All right, so operating margin of fourteen point three percent, and it's up two hundred and fifty basis point, and it was higher than the beginning of the quarter forecast as some marketing spend was shifted into the second half of the year. So this is good to note, right? They they show that operating margin was up um, 14.3%, up 250 basis points. Uh, but in reality, this isn't a real actual number because the marketing spend that was supposed to be used in this quarter got pushed on to, another, to the second half of the quarter. So it in, in theory, it increased the operating margins, but this money is still going to be wasted. So earnings per share was 60 cents per share compared to 85 cents same quarter last year so we can see right this company is slowing down from the looks of it the number wise we'll take a look at subscriber growth and everything else as we continue i like this a lot here this last bullet point as well streaming content obligations decreased two percent quarter to quarter so this is compared to quarter one of 2019 and this is reflecting a shift to more owned versus licensed content so we can see, right, a lot of people or a lot of other businesses are pulling shows out of Netflix. And if Netflix is saying that's okay, they're right now they're pushing to own more of their content opposed to licensing their content, which is working out good because they're paying less obligation fees. So revenue growth, there was a revenue growth. And the main reason for this growth was average streaming paid membership increased 24% year over year. And ARPU, which is average revenue per user, increased 3% year over year on a reported basis. And we're most likely thinking, uh, I most likely believe this ARPU increase, the average revenue per user increase, because we did see an increase in the cost of Netflix. So now quarter three forecast, let's take a look at what quarter three has in store for us. They do expect to grow by 7 million memberships, more than 6.1 million in quarter three a year ago. With... So this 7 million is broken down into 2.8 million of that 7 million is expected to grow in the United States. So we can see United States is not their major growing right now. They expect 6.2 million to grow from international companies. 
So that's, that's definitely a good thing to note that U.S. is no longer the growth factor, even though obviously 0.8 million is still a huge number. U.S. is not driving the growth of this company at the moment. So here we can do see they expect a revenue of five hundred and two um, of five point two billion dollars compared to same quarter last year was four billion. So that's a nice increase year to year growth thirty one percent operating income eight hundred and thirty three million compared to four hundred and eighty one million same time last year. So we can see the numbers here. They are expected better numbers than same quarter last year. Earnings per share are about a dollar and four cents forecasted for this for this quarter three compared to eighty nine cents same time last year. Global streaming paid memberships last year was one hundred and thirty for quarter three, and this year um, for quarter three forecast it'll be one hundred and fifty eight. So we can see even for quarter two to quarter two last year that is a huge increase of year to year growth of paid memberships last year. Same time quarter two, there was 124 million subscribers, where right now they're sitting at 151 million subscribers. So this company definitely has a huge number of, of subscribers, and they still have a good growth going on. All right, so we're going to continue talking about quarter three. So quarter three has started with Stranger Things season three, and the first two weeks of quarter three are strong. In addition to season three of Stranger Things, they do have a strong second half content, including new season of La Casa de Papel, also no Money Heist, The Crown, and the final season of Orange is the New Black. They also have some big films like The Irishman from Martin Scores and action movie Six Underground. So while U.S. paid membership was essentially flat in quarter two, they expect to return to a more typical growth in quarter three and are seeing that in these early weeks of quarter three. So, right, they, they already saw the first few weeks of quarter three, and they're already seeing that it's, it looks pretty strong compared to the growth that they saw in quarter two. So they're still, I'm, I'm glad that even though they had, they missed forecast this year, they still give us a strong forecast for quarter three, right? Because imagine if you did bad in quarter two, if you were a company you did bad in quarter two, what you will most likely do is be more conservative in quarter three. But no, this company is saying, no, that's not the case. We're being strong. And quarter three, we're going to give you guys 7 million paid memberships. So that's, that, that's pretty, pretty strong, um, a strong move in the company, in my opinion. So now we'll talk about subscriber growth. So this is another thing I like about the companies doing. One thing that I do complain about with companies is when they give you numbers, they give you very conservative numbers. But Netflix here saying that the numbers they don't they give you are, are not conservative at all. These are numbers they're actually trying to account for. Um, so yeah, this is uh, to me a really good sign. It means this company believes in itself. Um, so they they do expect that some quarters will be high and other quarters will be low relative to guidance. So here we can see actuals versus forecast, and all the greens are when they beat the forecast, and the reds are when they don't beat forecast and we can see right there have been quarters where they don't pass they don't get what they forecasted but never like this right look at this from 5 million to 2.7 million so they've done six they've forecast is 6.1 but only grew 5.5 or 6.3 and only grew 5.3 so we can see the deficit for those previous times where they did not meet their forecast was not as big as this gap in this quarter two so that's definitely something to keep an eye out for future quarters. 
is this a trend that's going to continue or again was it like this where it's, uh, it seems like they have their one quarter each year in 2016 it was quarter two in 17 it was quarter one in 18 it was quarter two and in 19 is it going to be quarter two only or are we going to see other quarters where they miss forecast so again more talk about subscriber growth because i think this is the main meat and bones for this company so they missed forecast across all regions but they saw a slightly more decrease in regions with prices increase. So here we can see, right, if, if they saw slightly more in regions with price increase, it means that people do not believe that the new price increase is worth what they're getting from Netflix. So it's Netflix, gun, this is something that they have to go back and think. They don't believe competition was a factor. And this is true, right? There has been, in quarter two, there was no material change in the competitive landscape. Like no other company, uh, obviously Disney announced, Apple announced, they all announced that they were going to enter this sector, but none of them entered the sector in quarter two. So there was no competition to blame the subscriber growth to. Quarter two content slate drove less growth in paid net ads than they anticipated. Um, they also mentioned that quarter one was so large, they added 9.6 million subscribers in quarter one. And they believe that maybe it was such a strong quarter that it had a pull forward effect that... Uh, uh, it had like a rubber band effect that it pulled too hard. So when it when the rubber band gets pulled too hard, it comes back harder. So that's that's one reason that they believe the subscriber growth also was down. But to me, these are numbers that we have to take a look one more time in quarter three and see how quarter three reacts. So here we're obviously more subscriber growth. Like I mentioned, I think this is very important to see. And here we can see two thousand. These are the past growth per year. And we can see 2019 is actually pretty strong. 2018 was their strongest quarter um, year so far compared to the past four years. But quarter three, uh, but 2019 does not seem to be that far apart. And here we can see there is this nice growth uptrend going on. And if quarter three forecast is as strong as they say it is, it's going to be just in line with the strong year of 2018. All right, guys, so this is the last slideshow on subscribers, I promise. But this is one that I think you guys should know. So this here is in the millions. So paid membership at the end of the period. At the end of March 31st, 2019, there was a total of 60,229,000 subscribers. At the end of June 30th, there was less. There was 126 million subscribers less. That's pretty, that, that to me is pretty scary to see a decrease in paid net memberships. So here we can see Netflix is definitely losing some subscribers at the moment. And again, this is something, is it just a one-time thing? And is it because of that poor rubber band effect where quarter one was such a strong quarter that quarter two, it had to fall back a bit. Now we're going to talk about marketing strategies. Netflix has shifted to original content and because of this, they are marketing has evolved to increase focus on launching key titles to build excitement among its existing and non-members. So right, they are, like I mentioned, these guys are focusing more on having their original content. So they're trying to advertise this original content to be able to grab more, more uh, to grab unsubscribed members. Next, they're trying to build the brand and continue to build licensing and brand partnerships. For example, for the launch of Stranger Things Season 3, they partnered with brands like Coca-Cola, Nike, Burger King, and Baskin-Robbins to build deep connection with fans. At E3, the largest video game event of the year, they also announced a new Stranger Things mobile game. They also announced a game based on their coming new show, Dark Crystal. 
which is a prequel to the 1982 film. And they also showed a partnership with Epic Games, the developers of Fortnite. Even though they're doing all these video game memberships and partnerships, they do mention that these are like other merchandise initiatives. These games are designed to build fandom for titles, and it does not signal a push into gaming as a new business for Netflix. They also have partnerships with AT&T in the U.S. to integrate Netflix into their new set-top box. In the U.S., they're also partnering with a wide range of companies, including Comcast, Dish, Verizon, T-Mobile, Charter, and Altice. They also decided to roll out a lower-priced mobile screen plan in India to complement their existing plans. They believe that this plan will launch in quarter three and will be an effective way to introduce a large number of people in India to Netflix and to further expand their business in a market where pay TV is low, below $5. So they will continue to learn more after launch of this plan. So this plan is actually pretty cool, right? So one of the main reasons Netflix is doing so good in, in, in developed countries like the United States is because cable is such an expensive, such an expensive cost. Uh, if you have a cable plan, you're paying somewhere over 100 to $150, depending on, on what kind of plan you have. But where in company in countries like India, where TV is as low as five dollars, their um, Netflix is not as as cheap compared to how it is here, right, in the United States. So for them, they I, I like this idea that they're doing that they're making a mobile plan only, and it's going to be much cheaper than going with the whole plan. And hopefully, it grabs a huge number of customers by doing this. So there is a new top dog in town for Netflix. They are welcoming Jackie Lee Joe as their new CMO, and he is supposed to take their marketing to a next level. So the next thing that Netflix talks about is competition. In the U.S., this is an important point, and that's why I have it bold. In the U.S., which is their most developed market, they still only earn about 10% of consumers' television time. And that's, that's even a lower number when they're compared to mobile screen time. So there is so much more room to growth. So 90% of television time in the U.S. is still being watched by regular TV. Only 10% of the consumers are watching Netflix. So there's still uh, such a huge market for this, type of, for this type of company or businesses to grow. And in the mobile screen, it's less than 10%. So even though in, over the next 12 months, Disney, Apple, Warner Media, NBCU, and others are joining such an already big market let's not forget that it's not only netflix in this market there's hulu there's amazon there's bbc hotstar youtube and netflix and there's many others offering the same streaming entertainment so we can see that there's one a huge a huge market share that's still unoccupied by this market that all these other companies can can take a bite off without taking a bite of netflix market and we can see that in Already, there is already a huge amount of companies doing this. So it's nothing new for Netflix to, and they're trying to tell us, right, there, there's plenty of market and it's nothing to really be worried about. Netflix ads. So this, during the media, you can see in a lot of news that a lot of talks have been, have been talked that Netflix might start selling ads. Netflix here is telling us that it is advertising free and that remains a deep part of their brand's proposition. When we read speculations that they are moving into selling advertising, they want us to know that this is completely false and this is something they're not going to move to. They believe that they have more value in business in the long term by staying out of, uh, out of competing for ad revenue and instead entirely focusing on competing for viewer satisfaction. 
And I think this is very important, right? So this is a company that is thinking long-term, right? In the long-term, a, cu a customer will stay in a, comp in a company that cares more about their satisfaction than about the money they would be making from ads. And I, I, I applaud Netflix for doing that. I think this is the last slide. Yes, this is the last slide before we end the show. But cash flow, um, this company is definitely burning money. Net cash used in operating activities for quarter two was negative $544 million compared to negative $518 million in the prior year. So this company is burning a lot of money. Their free cash flow totaled to negative $594 million for this quarter compared to $559 million to the same quarter last year. They still forecasting that free cash flow of approximately negative 3.5 billion for the full year of 2019. That means this company is burning negative 3.5 billion dollars in their free cash flow statement. They expect improvements in 2020, but they don't give us a real time when they expect to have a positive free cash flow. From there, they continue to reduce their free cash flow deficit as they intend to continue growing their member base, revenues, and operating margins, which provide a clear path toward positive free cash flow. So this is something that we'll probably see at the end of the year statement where they, they will mention when they, would, when they expect to get a positive free cash flow, but in the near future, there's no time where they will have a positive free cash flow. In the meantime, they plan to use high-yield debt to fund their content investments as they did in April. And in the most recent rounds, they raised 10.5-year senior notes of 1.2 billion euros. They have 3.8% coupons and a $900 million of 5.375% coupon. So these interest rates are not that heavy, and they are for 10.5 years. So this company has plenty of time to pay off this this money so that's it thank you guys for watching i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i definitely learned a lot and definitely for upcoming quarters we definitely have to take a look at the subscriber growth and was this quarter just a slump or is this quarter uh, uh the beginning of a new trend so make sure to subscribe guys to get more content like this i'm gonna definitely post another video i i can't decide yet if i want to invest in netflix because i want to take a stronger uh, a bigger look at their 10Q report where I get to look at their footnotes and their actual numbers. And, 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 then, um, and that would help me decide if I want to go with this, uh, with this company. So take care, guys. Have a good night and see you next time.